Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode we'll be returning to our sketch comedy discussions. It's been a bit, I know. Uh, we get busy, kids, and the SNL thing is really hard to dive into because, you know, uh, oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, it's been a while because, like, you know, life happens and, um, I would say, like, a lot of the shows, like, you know, the, the Ben Stiller show and stuff like that, it was 13 episodes, there's not a whole lot to really dive into within Living Color. I mean, it, there's nothing really special about it, um, you know, besides, like, the top stuff. Like, the first two or three seasons, you're good. You don't need to watch any more. SNL is one of these things that ebbs and flows a lot. True, true, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm Michael, and that's Tony. Sorry, here we go. Some other guy is just talking right now. <laughs> Um, so we're at season 16 and we're at that first big turning point for years. We rode on that core cast, you know, the ones that were hired in 86 to save the show. I think the only person that was added on as a full-time member was Mike Myers. Well, no, Kevin Nealon. No, I forgot. Kevin Nealon was a featured player in the beginning of season what? 11, 12? So, let me see. I'm going back to season 14 here. Uh, looks like the repertory players, Dana Carvey, Nord Dunn, Phil Hartman, Jen Hooks, Victoria Jackson, John Lovitz, uh, Dennis Miller. Kevin Nealon is already a repertory player in season 14, so it had to have been the season before, if okay. anything. Featured players for season 14 are A. Whitney Brown, Al Franken, Mike Myers. Uh, his first episode, Mike Myers, is January 21st, 1989, in season 14. And Ben Stiller is his very first episode. I think it's only a year, maybe... I think it's only his only year is uh, that season fourteen, but right, he only his, did six episodes. Yeah, his first episode was March twenty fifth, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, and it says here his last episode was April twenty second, nineteen eighty nine. So yeah, just a few episodes in season fourteen. Yeah. So Mike Myers has moved up to a full time rep member uh, in the previous season. So and here's something weird. I have never seen it said like this. On Wikipedia, they break it down to repertory players, middle players, and feature players. The way that you would watch the credits, there is literally only rep and feature. There is no middle players. I don't know what the fuck that even really means. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I saw that too on some of like some of the listing. He said, "Oh, it says here Mike Meyer was upgraded to repertory status February seventh, nineteen ninety. So it was season fifteen. And it's funny, so I've been listening to Fly on the Wall, the David Spade, Dana Carvey show, and he talks, David Spade talks a lot about when he joined, he was a writer first and a performer secondary. Like, his main goal was to write sketches, but if he can get something featured with him in it on the air, great. And so the pay scale was different. You got paid more as a writer than as a featured player so he got a weird bump because he would get that writer pay but he if he was featured in the episode he would get a bonus on top of that yeah you know it's weird i saw like i was watching like the shannon darty um episode i can't remember what season that was but it was a little a little ways back and i saw like in the opening monologue from, like the sketch she was doing for her wedding like um like Norm McDonald play like the photographer or something, but he wasn't. A, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't a featured. Uh, wasn't a featured player. I guess he was a writer at that point. But that was the only time. I, and that's the only time I've seen him for like a few seasons until he became like a featured, you know, player. You know, of course, this is years before he was ever did the update desk. But sometimes you just get like a little tiny cameo. You know what I mean? And you won't see them for seasons again. You do a, do a little look back. Like, oh my God, there he is for the first time. You know. <laughs> so. Uh, this year we see the last of Bob Odenkirk's and Conan O'Brien's uh, hand in the writing. Uh, they would go on to do other things, The Ben Stiller Show and Simpsons. 
Um, so Adam Sandler is at first one of the core writers, and then he moves over to a cast member. Uh, Smigel uh, becomes a full-time writer for the show. So we're really in that pipeline now of the quirky, the weird, pushing SNL to that next thing. Yeah, I mean, agree. I mean, it's really, um, you really do have some like, some. I remember like uh, some of the like, like the, the changing of the guard sort of. I remember watching. Uh, it might have been season fourteen or whenever um, uh, Adam Sandler. Was, I'm sorry, not Adam Sandler. Uh, Chris Farley was a featured player. Yeah. And uh, he would do some like news updates, up to update us uh, things. And then one time he was doing like a uh, a marathon. Uh, Runner, who's like the last one to do, he's completely drunk. And then uh, Dennis, Dennis Miller goes, Oh, well, at least we didn't give a chance to use ass this time. Like, kind of like have a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of a side change to like the new cast members. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Kind of insinuating it's a little bit of like a lowbrow humor. Yeah, yeah. Which was kind of like, which was kind of like, which with, with the, uh, what kind of a good running gag. Like, oh, it's become so lowbrow with Adam Sandler. It's like infantile humor. Right. And, which, as which... opposed to the previous cast. Yeah, it's, it's going from the groundlings more sophisticated, but this year is that beginning of, hey, uh, it's more stand-up oriented. Not all these guys are really writer writers, like sketch writers. They're just like funny right. bit writers. Because um, Spade, Snyder, and Sandler were all stand-ups first. Um, I think only Meadows and Sweeney are... No, no, Farley was with... Um, what uh, Second City, right? Yeah, he was. Far- okay. Farley and Meadows are both Second City guys. I think they're roommates in Chicago for a bit too, actually. Yeah, um, and, and Rock, of course, he's the other stand-up um, added to it. Um, a Whitney Brown never gonna be a featured player, and I think he finally <laughs> saw the writing on the walls, and he leaves this season. Yeah, he's. I mean, he would do some like. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, was he trying to be? I know he would just do some like. Uh, he would do some like uh, some weekend update, you know, uh, editorials here. And yeah, there, that's but, about it. Yeah, it's really, or you know, occasionally I would see him do like a little, like kind of like uh, I want wouldn't call it me like a bumper sketch. Like, well, he'll just do like a I can't remember what seasons ago, but he was just like talking about like what uh, like a consumerism of like uh, the holiday season, and it was just like a quick little you know like a, like a time filler sketch almost. But uh, that's all. Besides weekend update editorials, that's the only thing I've ever seen of it. You know. Um, I think the season starts off is this the season where Sinead O'Connor tears up the photo of the Pope I feel like it is is this what, what, what season we on 16 this is the very first yeah 16 with Kyle McLaughlin and Sinead O'Connor I'm pretty sure that she tore up the photo at this one I think it is it's 1990 so I'm pretty sure you are correct yeah and then we have uh, I think the standout in the beginning of the season because I'm looking at the cast and it uh, none of the guests aren't really like lighting up the skies Susan Lucci George Steinbrenner Kyle McLaughlin but then we get uh, episode 4 and it's the Patrick Swayze episode and if it's remembered for anything it's that fucking Chippendale sketch it's so oh, legendary yeah. <laughs> You know what? And I, it's funny. I don't. I watching Peacock. I watched it specifically for that. Luckily, I've already seen it. But it, it, the, the funny thing about Peacock is they'll say they'll say featuring this, like featuring this sketch, but then they won't show it. And they what? didn't show that sketch. And I was like, what the f? Luckily, I've already seen it. But I was like, why is that not here? That's my. That's like the, the running gang thing I had with Peacock. I was like, oh, featuring this sketch. Well, let me see that. And then they didn't show it. I'm like, what? And there's all these amazing musical acts in the '90s that I just see them at the end when. Like doing the you know doing their farewell address. Like, well, yeah, the newer seasons. Nice you know, but... Yeah, over the last ever since Hulu debuted, I think they realized, oh shit, we need to license the rights to this. Like the last decade is pretty rock solid. There's nothing really cut out. 
Before yeah. that, oh boy. <laughs> oh my, yeah, like that Steven Seagal episode, like bits and pieces chopped together. Some some episodes they don't even have the monologue. I was like, you know, I was, the, you know, the um, it's it's just crazy. Yeah. I was like, I just didn't. I didn't know if that was a problematic or it was cut somehow cut for time. For well, this. I, I think it's just it's first off, it started with them sending it over to Comedy Central and, and other syndicated ways. Like uh, I remember E ran it for a while, and I think MTV ran SNL for a while, where they cut it down to an hour. So you would lose usually one musical, uh, uh, like the second music segment, and then a couple of the last sketches. Which I'm fine with. That's fine. Yeah. But then it's now it seems like Lauren Michaels is going in there and trimming him to the point of almost not existing, so he doesn't want to damage his legacy, which is ridiculous. Just leave him as they are. But it seems so arbitrary because so like some uh, some episodes are thirty five minutes, some are thirty two, some are forty seven. Yeah. It's like what? I don't understand. And it's like it's not. And you would think like, oh, what's well, you know, the more popular, bigger star guests would be the longer ones, but that's not even the case. It's just so it's just so random. Uh, episode five, we get the dark side with Nat X, which is, I think, the only character that Chris Rock really ever created. Yeah, I mean, uh, you might be right. I'm trying to think what what other ones he's known for, but jeez, uh, no, I think you're right. Uh, you know what I mean? He was, uh, I mean, he uh, he he, pl- he played a lot of like um, any you know black political character sports <laughs> character you know that that were there but as far as actual uh, yeah actual you know organic uh, characters that he created I, th- I think I think you might be correct I think it's all one I, I recall uh, episode 7 I'm pretty sure this is in John Goodman's uh, first episode I feel like he was on the previous season but I mean this is starting to pattern him uh, and then Alec Baldwin I think starts next year where they're just constant like a go-to for decades yeah, I did, I did see John Goodman's five-time five episodes when he was, I guess, when he was promoting the Flintstones movie, and it was, was pretty good. You know, he was like, I could see why they keep bringing it back. He's yeah, yeah. Uh, and that episode contains the very first Pat sketch, which at the time seemed really funny. I'm not so sure it's now. Like, these guys are mentally ill and obsessed with finding out if Pat's a boy <laughs> or a girl, and now I look and I go, why do you give a shit? <laughs> But it is one of those silly things that you in office, like you're trying to determine whether somebody's pregnant or not, or you're trying to determine, you know what I mean? There's uh, there, there, there's little guys, I've been to things like, what is this guy? You know, you're wondering, you know, like, you know, God forbid, like, is this guy gay? Or, you know, there's always these things, like, you know, you're wondering, God, ah, just, you know, it's better off not to, like, you know, yeah. you to ask them. You know, I, ask I, anybody. and like, uh, what, like 11, 12 years ago, there was someone that we worked with, and I was never sure, but it was bugging me to know in. I was like, are they gay? And then I look, <laughs> I look now and go, I don't even give a fuck. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, why, why should I care? Is, is it any business of mine? But no, but then again, you know, that's, that's comedy. <laughs> um, episode eight is Tom Hanks in the Five Timers Club, where they really cement that concept, and they brought back almost everybody that had been on the show five times. Now, is this the same one uh, where, um, oh, maybe it wasn't, I'm trying to think, who was the Five Timers who was the five timer where like John Lovitz was like the waiter? He had just he had just left. Um, oh shit! It's hilarious. He had just left Saturday Night Live like that season, and he was not on the cast anymore. But he showed up next season. Yeah, That's well, weird. he was in a weird situation where he was going to do um, Mom and Dad Save the World, but it was going to go over by three weeks or something like that. And um, Lauren Michael said, "Hell no." And so he quit, but he kept coming back over and over because, you know, Lauren loves John and just, 
I think he came back like six or seven times this season before it was kind of finally over with. Yeah, but so it's Steve Martin, Elliot Gould, I think Paul Simon's like a janitor or something, or maybe he's... I feel like there was one other person. Yeah, I think Paul Simon was the musical act. Uh, oh no, no, no! It was Paul Simon. He was he was hosting that 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 particular one that I'm talking about. Okay, because Edie Brickell was I remember this. Edie Brickell was the host, and I don't think they were a couple at that point. Oh, really? Maybe sure. they met there. So I think that was maybe I'm not saying that they were introduced. Maybe at the after party, maybe they got together. But I, I do remember that. I remember uh, John John Lovitz, um, you know, serving his interview. Like John, you work here. He's like he's like, hey, work is work. I'm not getting. Um, episode 10 we got the bears those those four guys like the super fan guys of the bears oh, oh yeah it's George, George Wendt Chris Farley Mike Myers what Robert Smigel I think those were all the guys yeah and it wasn't it wasn't Wendt at first he became a regular later it's right, Joe Montana right, right, okay. now and yeah oh my god oh and then the next episode is the Rich Meister it's weird to have these legendary sketches like it usually doesn't happen this quickly. Like we're talking yeah. already, we're at 11, episode eleven. We already have like six well-known characters. Oh yeah, these. I mean, these are these these guys were really coming out of the gate with some like fresh ideas. Which you know what I mean. Maybe somebody of an older generation would think that's stupid or goofy or silly. But if you were like a young me, the fact that like this is this is genius. This is yeah. some, this is some top-notch comedy right now. You it's know? so weird because Sting is a host, and I don't fucking remember him being in this. But it's it's the first Richmeister. It's the first Deep Thoughts. It's the first Coffee Talk. You think I would remember this episode? Oh, he was also in the elevator, and David Carr was like, he was like, oh, you know, he was thank singing, you, singing their song. He'd be like, I do, 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 I'm down. I was like, that's right, that's my song, yeah. yeah. Okay, now I do know that one. Yes, that that, that was a, a really good sketch. Um, the next one, another character, Stuart Smalley debuts. Huh, I didn't realize it was the same season. This is crazy how many are being debuted, and his is the weird one where it was a really particular sketch. I don't think was that popular. Like, no one talked... I mean, was it on shirts? Were people talking about it? I only really remember the Michael Jordan episode. Which became kind of famous because of him trying to hold it together. Oh right! <laughs> trying to think. I'm trying to think who else was that? Way way back then. There's some things like the, I I didn't get that I um I remember when like um when Michael J. Fox was uh, was hosting, and I was waiting for the epi- uh, you know the elevator was going to work in time. They didn't play it. I was like, oh, what the? F-? You know what I mean? Because it was Peacock's. Chopped up to pieces, but it's like one of the best ones. I used to crack me up all the time. Well, I'm sure somebody out there has a bootleg that you could just download to a hard drive. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, um, we're gonna get to it towards the end of the season. I it gets real fucking bad for a little bit. Catherine O'Hara is one of the weakest episodes with the highest expectations. She had just come off of Home Alone, which is this massive hit. She's a legendary sketch performer on SCTV, and that thing just sits there like a dead fish. Yeah, don't recall. I don't recall much about that. I guess which which I guess which says it all, really. Yeah, it's just one of those at the end. You can see her saying good night, and almost as if she's just thinking about the box office, counting that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which for some people, I guess if you're like a sketch comedy vet, I guess you just is just kind of going through the motions for you. You're just promoting your your vehicle that you're you know that you got out. So I, you know, I guess. Perhaps that was where she was in life, I suppose, you know. Some people take it more seriously than others, you know. Some people really bring it, which, you know, some people you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that are just, like, always great, you know. Yeah. Um, or, like, 
like, like, like your Christian Slater's always, always, always awesome. Yeah, it was really he's great not, up to not that much, but he's always fantastic. Um, and then it ends with uh, the Delta Burke episode, which is the legendary Wayne's World with Madonna, the whole dream sequence, and <laughs> to the testify my love <laughs> sketch. <laughs> I think the very first, if I'm, if I remember correctly, let me just double check my notes. I think the, the very first Wayne's World might have been. I don't know if that was season 14 or season... It was like... It was a while ago. It was like right, yeah. right before the other cast members, but it didn't really pick up steam like like till later. But it might have been season... It might have been like one when he was still featuring. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It was, I think, the very end of 89. The one that I really knew, the one that seemed to like break through to the audience was the one with Aerosmith and Tom Hanks where he's like, Sibilance, 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 check, 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 Sibilance, Sibilance. And it's kind of like the vibe of the show really kind of lined up, or the sketch lined up. Yeah, you know, I think I, I think I do I do remember that exact sketch. And then him, I think them introducing Eris was such a big star, kind of legitimate, 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 <laughs> legitimized. That's made up word. I just can't say it right Did now. Did you say legitimized? Uh, <laughs> is, is that like jizz exercises? <laughs> legitimate, <laughs> legitimate, around uh, that that sketch. Uh, 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 to a bit because it was like you know like you find big stars featuring on there whereas before it was just kind of like you know just kind of like an in between I'm trying to think the very first one I saw that uh, was some dude in a ponytail uh, was oh shit shit it's okay the very, first, the very first one I saw was kind of like eh, it wasn't that great so I wasn't like you know sure how much how much legs it would have it was um they were like interviewing like the school cool guy on the oh yeah 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 but uh, oh, Bruce Willis—that's who it was. He was like the school cool guy. They were like, they were like interviewing. I think it was him. Anyhow, <laughs> the uh, the season finale though picks it right back up with uh, George Wyatt becoming a. I think he's on like three or four times as a regular, ca- uh, you know, like the, the the post, and then did a bunch of cameos after that. And it's the end of Jan Hooks and Dennis Miller at the show. Well, season sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess. Uh, we see who was a uh, so that season. Tim Meadows was it was Tim Meadows' first episode. Uh, Julia Sweeney's uh, first season. So her first episode was February 9th. Julia Sweeney's first episode was November tenth. Of course, like you mentioned earlier, Whitney Brown's final episode March sixteenth. And then we also have the first uh, featuring uh, first episode Adam Sandler February 9th, nineteen ninety one. Rob Schneider October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety. And David Spade's first uh, first appearance November tenth, nineteen ninety. Of course, they were probably on there, you know, seasons prior in the writing room. You know. Yeah. The funny is do you remember Rob Schneider's little you know how they used to open the show? They're out on the streets or whatever. And he had this huge fucking Wayne Newton pompadour because he was so short that he wanted to look taller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I, you see in the opening credits with that, with the, with the sideburns and a little bit, they teased up hair. And of course as seasons went by it kind of you know, it sort of loses hair, so the hair, you know. Haircut gets lower and lower, not able to maintain that uh, that, little, <laughs> that little bouffant he had going on, you know. All right, so season seventeen, um, Kevin uh, Nealon uh, moves to the anchor of Weekend Update. God damn it, he's so good at times. And then sometimes he would flub. He's like Norm Macdonald; like he had to get into the pipe. He wasn't like Dennis Miller, and a lot of the guys now they seem they seem so smooth, they're so with it. But Nealon, 
uh, Colin Quinn and Kevin or uh, uh, Norm McDonald, like three guys right in a row that kind of stumbled. But Kevin Nealon seemed to kind of subvert that with like his weird, <laughs> just kind of muttering behavior. Yeah, well, sometimes when he would mess flub a line, it would, you know, especially when you're doing like the subliminal, the, the subliminal things, is, if you flub the line, and then you kind of like, you really do have to kind of nail it. So I remember when I saw his last update, he just like, he did flub a line a bit. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, a you know, like a scene break or anything. It didn't like destroy it. But you can see the expression on his face. He wasn't happy with himself. And then uh, I think he was almost relieved that um, Norm McDonald took it over for him. I think he was just you know, burnt out by the time, you know, that Norm McDonald took over the, um, the update role, because he was, he was still a character, I, I, I just, I think it was, I, I, I just, I don't know, I think it, I think it was going to be more than he thought, it was more than he signed on for, at least, I think he just appreciated being more of like a, you know, a sketch character than yeah, yeah. doing the whole update desk. Um, so I'm actually surprised, I thought Victoria Jackson left the year before this, but she didn't, um, but now we have moving up to the support players, Ellen Cleghorn, uh, Siobhan Fallon, who I think is highly underrated. Uh, not so much on SNL, but as a character actress, she's yeah. done very well for herself after she left this show. No, yeah, I see, you know, I, I see her in some things, you saw her like in the Gap Girl sketch and some other things. You, like, she's been in sketches you don't realize she's been in, even though it's like a background player. But like sometimes these like, sometimes these straight man roles you, know, you think are unimportant really do move the sketch along, uh-huh. you know? And I, yeah, that, that's like you know, and same same with Tim Meadows. Even though he, he became you know more of a player, but like I, I thought that would that would have been her role as well. I thought she would have been like the main cast member, you know. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work out for her on the show. Um, over in feature players, uh, Beth Cahill and Melanie Hutzel. <laughs> I I you only have you have to watch the show during a very particular era to even know who they are. They they were on a so short. Beth Cahill, I don't even know. If she was even on the whole season, I, I, yeah, I don't even recall. I don't even. I, I don't have any pictures of what she looks like. I don't recall her being on the show. Her first episode was November sixteenth, and I don't recall a sketch she's been in. Been in. And Melanie Hustle, her first episode also um, November sixteenth. But she, you know, she had some staying power. She had some pretty good characters. Uh, you know, whenever there was, um, she had a great facial, great facial yeah. expressions. I mean, I really. I, I did not know until this moment, or I just forgot. I forgot. Melanie Hustle was on for three seasons. I fucking could. I can't believe that. I did not know that she was even on that long. Yeah, you know, I, I was watching and I, I was going, oh, she's still on there. I thought, I could have swore she was much, I could have swore she had in, in, like, in her repertoire was Jan Brady. I thought I swore that was it. But she had some pretty good characters. She'll do, like, you know, a sorority girl. Or oh, like, yeah, the uh, Delta, Delta, know. Delta, can I help you, help you, help you? Exactly. Uh, or, or just, like, a random person, like, you know, when Bill Clinton's, like, talking, like, where's my stuff, okay? Where's my stuff? You know what I mean? Like, just like, shit, like, shit like that. She would just, like, just, just come out of nowhere with these crazy these crazy gas faces she would make it's, you know <laughs> the oh, gas face kind of... that's such a reference <laughs> <laughs> so well since we're going back to the 90s anyway it was like, you know um, so Michael Jordan starts it off with Public Enemy that's a hell of a way to start a season uh, Jeff Daniels is next with the debut of the Chris Farley show which I think he only did like three times We every time Oh my God! The one with uh, uh, Paul McCartney is probably the most well known. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like you, you, you remember that? He's like, yeah. He was like, so, 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 so is that true? In my experience, yes. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Never, never has there ever been a sketch that's been so relatable in my life. I feel like I live the Chris Farley show on a daily basis. <laughs> like, I was like, God, I was like, stop! Why did you say that? I feel like that's probably the most relatable sketch for me in history. 
Yeah, um, the, the third one is one that I know so fucking well. This is one that we taped and watch over and over, and it's mostly because of that Italian restaurant sketch. <laughs> Bellissima! <laughs> I don't know, was the first one with Christy Alley? I'm not, I can't remember. It was, that. yeah, and, and she really got into it. They, they're like, oh, yeah. just like, they're like shoving their faces in her boobs or whatever. Uh, he's, uh, one of them, I think Dana Carvey is licking her face. <laughs> it was, yeah, you're right. And then I think Adam Sandler comes out like a bikini, uh, a banana <laughs> hammock or whatever. A fresh pepper, a fresh pepper. <laughs> <laughs> you like? Are you like? Are you like a capaccio? Yeah, and Christian Slater's next, and he does a, a really good job. Like, I'm a huge Christian Slater fan. I just think he went through a tough run with the alcohol. And yeah, I mean, just, he knocked it out of the park every time he hosted. I was, I, I forgot how good he was. I was yeah. like, oh my god. I don't really remember the next ones, like Keeper Sutherland, Linda Hamilton. There's nothing. There's no sketch here that's really like a breakout. Uh, well, the funny thing is, when I'm like kind of just deciding which, I mean, I can't, you know, I couldn't watch every sketch from, from every yeah, season yeah. as much as I would have liked to. So I will just look at the description. And sometimes the better sketches were some of like, you know, like maybe B list guests, you know what I mean? Just just from the, um, the players themselves. So sometimes you can't go on a lot. A lot of times, like, you know, you're banking on like a star power to sell a sketch, which would have been like the deal when it first aired. But upon review, some of the best sketches are the ones with like some of like, you know, the, some of your B list, C list guests, you know, like, like uh, fucking Bob Newhart was a, was a great was a, yeah. was a great episode. Well, you know? and there's and there's guys that are out there to either uh, prove themselves or to remind the world who they were. And there's some guys who just phoned in. Chevy Chase doesn't give a fuck at this point. And it's uh, just yeah. there are some people who it just didn't work out. They, they they're not fit for the show. Um, uh, so then we have MC Hammer. MC Hammer kids at one time was so popular <laughs> that he was the music guest. And yep. the, the the host or whatever. And Not his song, best. this is when he was doing Too Legit to Quit. And everybody thought it was going to be the biggest fucking album of the year. And no, not really. If you listen to the original version of Too Legit to Quit when it came out, it's still playing right now. It's so goddamn long. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I don't know what album was. I remember that, that Prey song. I was like, look, hey, I'm not here to shit on Christian rock or Christian rap, but this is just really corny. I mean, it's just like not... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what I love about that album, it's the one before that, Please Don't Hurt, uh, Hammer, Please Don't Hurt Them. It's, um, I, it's, I can't remember the exact order, but it's Soft and Wet and then Prey. That's <laughs> fucking what? He's it's, it's conflicted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so let's see. I'm trying to. Uh, the Jason Priestley one was really good, and I was shocked. Um, yeah. I fucking love the Wicked Awesome one, where it's the, the 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 new kids on the block, and they're on that show, and they're like, uh, "Oh, is this the one with the sassy as well with Phil Harmon, or is that the Christian Slater?" I can't remember. I was about to say there's a couple of them where they kind of do like a, a couple of different teen ones, and I kind of like kind of blurred them together. But the one on Jason Priestley one was like another teen one. I don't remember if this is the one where like um, Adam Sandler was playing uh, Marky Mark or not. Like yeah, wicked awesome. Yeah, the third minute. Check this year. Well, and it's also I'm pretty sure this is the one where it's the ice skating one where Chris Farley keeps falling on his face over and over and over. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne and Tom Arnold. I, you know, at one time they were hot. People thought they were funny. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they were a fun couple. They're in the news. I guess they're singing national anthems terribly, and that's getting them or whatever. You know, if I remember correctly from back in the day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
And then uh, the last three are bangers. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, when he does the... That's the one where they do the sketch, the Jeopardy. Uh, Who are these people? <laughs> oh, my God. When they were doing, like, the stand-up comedy premises, my friend and I would quote this. For the, who who are the ad wizards who came up with this one? <laughs> yes. Well, you and I joked like, about that. When we were, like, really early in our friendship. Came up with, and he kept repeating it. And, and, I would just, and for, like, the rest of the week, I was like, like, ah, I wish I had this. Like, who are the ad wizards who came up with that one? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom Hanks comes back again. Uh, apparently, it was Pesci, but he uh, went to go. He had to go film another movie or whatever. Uh, I think Home Alone Two. So Tom Hanks jumped in. Of course, he always nails it. Is he one of the best? Is he a top fiver of all time? Uh, I got I mean, he's still doing it. So I, 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 I gotta say yes. You know what I mean? I, I guess he's him. You know, I, I went to Alec Baldwin at one point. I mean, you know, but um, yeah, I gotta say Tom Tom Hanks best guest host of all time. You know, maybe close second Steve Martin, but yeah, for sure. Um, this is uh, the sketch Woody Harrelson appears in uh, at the very beginning with his cast from SNL. I think it's this one or it's a Kirstie Alley one. Do you remember where they all come up on stage and they're like, you know, because she starts singing the Cheers song and they're like, we've all hosted SNL and Kelsey Grammer goes, uh, uh I, I have <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. I do remember that one. That was pretty funny. Of course he would go on. I think, yeah, I think every single main cast member, uh, even Rhea Perlman hosted that show. Really? Rhea Perlman? I think she hosted with Danny back in like 87 or Okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Poor, poor, uh, poor Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> All right. On to season 18. Uh, this is now when we're full on into the frat pack. You know, the is that what they call it? They call it the frat pack, these guys? Yeah, I, I think that that was what it was affectionately named. Yeah, for sure. Um, basically, now just the only supports are still Al Franken and Robert Smigel. And it seems like it's intentional at this point, but they never actually wanted to be cast members. Um, and remember, Al Franken hold, held the record for the longest, like, not he, I mean, he wasn't consecutive, but he had the most seasons of anybody in, until, like, uh, I think Meadows might have broke it. Yeah, I remember, it's funny, like, when, uh, this is like going past season 20, but, like, when um, uh, Phil Hartman left, he came back on, he something, he had, like, a, something messed up in the mall, and he, he ran off into the thing, and he's like, he's like, Phil, this is me, it's Tim, come on out, I was like, it's like, Tim? You're still here? <laughs> <laughs> this is mean. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> um, so we have, it started off with Nicolas Cage, Bobby Brown. I, I don't remember a whole lot from it, but it did seem like it was a strong episode. Oh, uh, if this is the Nicolas Cage one where he plays Tiny Elvis. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I, I know it seems dumb at the time. But for the longest time, I guess it's something me and my dumb friends were on. But we loved idiotic humor, so we'd just be like, "As me, I'm the king, Johnny Elvis," and we would just say that. And not everyone has seen the same sketch as us, so no one knows what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're just oh, and as, as oh, as we pay. I don't know if you remember that one. Where it's like, "Hey, how you doing with their asswipe?" And when they were making up when they were uh, picking baby names. Uh huh. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the hardest I've ever laughed. I, <laughs> upon first viewing, that is. I mean, once I've already, you know. But the hardest. Like a, this is an SNL. But the hardest I have ever laughed is in a movie called The Wrong Guy with Dave Foley, and he's trying to hide his identity, and he finds himself in the hospital after this incident, and he doesn't want to give his real name, so he's looking around, and he goes, "Uh, Doctor Jones, Doctor uh, Colostomy Bag Jones." <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking tears rolling. I almost passed out of laughing so hard. It's so goddamn stupid. Have you seen this movie, The Wrong Guy, with Dave Foley? Dave, The Wrong Guy. I don't think I have. Funniest I movie. Seen. Funniest movie I have ever seen. It's free on YouTube. I thought I've seen The Wrong Guys. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. With uh, uh, Louis Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I was wrong. It's this season where Sinead O'Connor tears up the photo. Okay. Uh, Christopher like, Walken. I thought it was 1990. Yeah, but. Christopher Walken. Is this his, his debut on the show? Is this the, the debut of the Continental? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm not so, sure. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see. We're, we're in 18, are we? Yeah, 18. So I'm pretty sure this is where you see the very first uh, the Continental. And he's like, no, 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 no. I mean, now it's a creepy character, but... <laughs> It's still fucking funny. I'm sorry. He's so ridiculous. Yeah. A stupid so, mustache. And <laughs> oh, and it's like and it's funny that it's like the first. It's like first person from like from the ladies' point of view. Yeah, yeah. It's always funny. My little love blossom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't believe like Catherine O'Hara come back almost to make amends for how bad it was. <laughs> I guess you know she's sketch comedy royalty. You know, yeah. so I guess they figured they'll just throw another bone. You know, um, Sinbad episode, which I didn't remember him even hosting, but it's a debut of the Thanksgiving song, which most of us know from the album. Right. And I, I didn't realize like he. I mean, Adam said he did a, he did a Valentine song at one point. I don't remember that one. I just saw that one towards some of the, one of the later episodes. Which is uh, forgettable, I guess. Suppose. Yeah, yeah. So. It's funny how well we know these years, but man, there is not much in this show that's memorable. I mean, this season's memorable. I don't remember Harvey Keitel hosting. I don't remember Luke Perry, Glenn Close. What the okay, fuck? I do remember Luke Perry, and I'll tell you why. Because in the, uh, in the beginning, uh, which I always found this was hilarious. Uh, Luke Perry was doing a monologue, and somebody was doing questions, and then they had like Ben Kenobi come as like his like his thought bubble. Was like Luke. Use the force, Luke. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm not Luke Johnson. Luke, kick his ass, Luke. It's like Ben Kenobi. Luke, can Kenobi talking? Was like, I'm not Luke Skywalker. And I don't know. I don't know why that, that struck me as far as like, kick his ass, Luke. <laughs> And you know, it's funny as so many episodes can live and die by the monologue, and if you have nothing to work with, I think the Mary Stuart Masterson, nice actress, not a fucking thing. You can usually tell when there's nothing to do, and if it's a gimmick opening or it's one of those where they just ask them questions, you know, like, oh, we got nothing, we have nothing we can give them whatsoever. I mean, come on, Steven Seagal giving kung fu fighting, what the fuck is that shit? That couldn't even. He didn't. I didn't see his monologue. They didn't on the peacock. I wanted to see it so bad. I was like, where no. was it? That they didn't. They didn't it's, be, it's because it was a song. He's like, I want to show the more diverse, uh, uh, sensitive side. And he sings kung fu fighting. That's fucking it. Now, it's weird. Like you know, which I thought it was hilarious, but they showed uh, Martin Lawrence's uh, infamous. Uh, wow, really? I didn't think they would. Where he's talking about like wet pussies and stuff like that. Yeah, so, um, what season, oh, Jesus, what season was that? For life of God, I can't remember, but, and that was actually pretty good, he was pretty good on that, he played, um, he played in, like, an episode of Cops, but it was, it was robbers, it was seemed like, so if you're on a ride along with criminals, which I thought was pretty funny, it was, like, Martin Lawrence and, um, uh, Phil Hartman, and they were, like, it was, like, oh, I think it was called Crooks, and they were to ride along with Crooks, now, see, what you want to do is you want to punch him real quick to make sure... You see how he dropped that quick? That's what you want to do when you get a perfect or whatever. It's, it's pretty clever, actually. 
Um, Alec Baldwin, I think this is his first one, and no, 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 you know what, I think he did appear after Hunt for Red October, it's weird that there's such a long gap, but this is the one with the Paul McCartney, uh, Chris Farley, uh, sketch. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that was, if, if, if ever there was, like, like, like I said, like, if ever there was a sketch that spoke to me <laughs> in my language, it's definitely that one. <laughs> I'm looking, like... John Goodman's already hosted once a season. He, he hosts again. This is so crazy. I don't remember Miranda Richardson hosting. I don't remember Jason Alexander. Kirstie Alley comes back. I do remember Jason Alexander because he was doing like, yeah, you like the juice. He was in one of those. You know what I mean? Okay. A couple of the ones I've seen. Uh, Christiane Alpagate, come on. This is legendary just for the Matt Foley alone. Exactly. I was just about to say that. I mean, if not for the Matt Foley, I would just remember her as a guy. I'm going to say, what do you want to do when you were a young lady? I want to live in the van down by the river. And well, down. So you're living in a van down by the river when you're living in a van down by the river. <laughs> and, and just watching those two hold it together so hard, just giggling yeah. their asses off, covering their mouth. <sighs> Oh, and when he, and he, he picks up that uh, David Spade starts, you know, and he gets, like, picking them up and carrying them around, like, trying, trying to suppress laughter as he's doing it, for sure. Uh, Chris Rock, I didn't realize he left this early, and Smigel are out. I believe Smigel goes over to uh, Conan O'Brien's show, and then uh, Rock goes over as kind of a semi-regular on uh, In Living Color. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Totally forgot about that. I guess I'm trying to think. I do. I I'm trying to think. When did he? He was still on the show when they when CB4 was around. I'm trying to think exact. No, no, he's gone. Uh, Oh no, you're right. You're right. The the next season is 93 through 94. So I wonder why he left. He was coming off a movie that did okay. Did he think he was going to get a bunch of movies? Because he didn't. I said, I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I bet he was regretting that at that point. Like, oh, shit, I thought there'd be a little more movies in the pipeline than there was, you know? Because <laughs> I don't remember another role for him, and I could be wrong, until Beverly Hills Ninja, and that was a gimme because Chris Farley wanted him to have a job. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I didn't see him for a little while until he started, until his, like, his, his stand-ups were coming out, and then, of course, the Chris Rock show, etc., and then, you know, the rest is history. But, yeah, for a while, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see him much. Okay, so season 19 is where you start seeing Frayne a little bit. Most of the regular cast members that saved the show are gone. Um, actually, I think they're all gone now. They look at it. Yeah. So let me see here. So Neil, sort of. Got Ellen Claiborne, Chris Farley. Joel Hartman's still here. So oh, yes, thank you. Uh, Michael McKean. This is Michael. You know, Michael, Michael McKean, like, I, 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 I noticed this. If you're, like, if you already have, like, some... If you're like a relatively moderate, if you have a, a moderate profile, you know what I mean, like Michael, like Michael McKeon, he didn't have to, he didn't have to feature. He was right, right in, right in the left our cast. Yeah. Just bang. And same with um, I'm not sure if Mark McKinney uh, got the same treatment. He may, he may have just featured for a season or two, but then like boom, right in the, uh, right in the. And poor freaking Jay Moore. I want to say he featured. I don't. I think he just featured for the entire time he was on. Oh, yeah, and it's funny as I remember when Jay Moore first started, he did pretty well for himself, but the next season is where it just fell apart. Same thing for yeah. Silverman. It seemed like the first couple sketches were pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, so, so her, her first episode, Sarah Silverman's first episode, um, October 9th, 1993, same with Jay Moore. Both, both the same. Uh, Norm McDonald's first as a feature player was October 2nd, but Jay Moore and Sarah Silverman, October 9th, 1993. And, yeah, she only, I guess she was only there for that season, but Jay Moore just featured the entire time. I don't, you know, I don't think he ever, 
Maybe I'm crazy. I'm not. If we got, if he is, we're going past season twenty. But I mean, I, I, the duration I've seen him, he didn't move past, you know, a featured player. And it's how you would piss him off. Somebody just like Chris Elliott just starts to show as a, as a repertory player. You have to feature at all because well, yeah. Chris Elliott. Yeah, because they because you established. Yeah, and Michael McKean was brought in because Phil was transitioning out, and so they're like, well, why don't you spend like the next six weeks, you love doing this, why don't you come on for a season or so, and kind of be like the guiding force for these guys, which is weird because there's so many cast members that have been there already for a long time, so I don't I don't understand. Um, yeah. But it didn't go well for him. He said he just struggled all the time. Uh, he, you know, he wanted to be like uh, someone for all of them to look up to, but he just didn't have the same... He had done sketch in college and before that, but he was more of a sitcom movie actor. He wasn't uh, designed yeah. for that kind of pace, that, that environment. I think maybe because you know when he did that dude, with the mock, he's like you know his little he has cut his chops in the mockumentaries a bit, you know like yeah, comedy yeah. mockumentaries, similar. Uh, I guess he'd be better if they did like the film sketches and maybe not the live ones. You know, I, I suppose maybe that you know that would probably probably you know more uh, more more depth to doing those kind of things. Um, well, yeah, he was. I mean, he did all right, uh, Bill Clinton. The, uh, the the first season, uh, the first episode I saw where, like, you know, I guess it was the first episode of season 20. They had, um, this This is a dress for a present. They had Chris Farley as possibly doing the worst Bill Clinton I, I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. And then they just then they just started going, okay, next. And then it's like David Spade doing Bill Clinton. Next, it's like Tim Meadows doing Bill Clinton. Like, oh, I see what they're doing here. I didn't get it at first. Like, why is he doing Bill Clinton? He's terrible. And then it's like, everybody's trying it out because Phil Hartman just left. He was like, you know, he was, you know, he, he was, you know, this, the OG of the uh, Bill, Bill Clinton impressions. You know? Yeah, no joke. I, and, you know, it's funny is, um, I'm trying to think, like, the only thing that I really remember from Michael McKeon sketch-wise isn't even from this. I literally remember one fucking sketch from Mr. Show where he's the professor who takes uh, his students, I believe, and they go up his mom's ass. <laughs> <laughs> like they got, they shrink themselves down because the guy keeps like, yeah, let me take a chip at your mom's ass. She's like, all right. <laughs> um, yes, he said. Uh, I mean, Jay Moore wrote a really good book, and I want to see. I want to get the title, but I think it was struggling for airtime or suffocating for uh, something like that. Yeah, for, I mean, I, I remember hearing David Spade's recites. I was like, I mean, tell people I'm on SNL. And then they go, like, well, where are you? I was like, well, trust me, I'm on it. I just, they just, my, my sketches just didn't make it to air. And I feel like, I, at least he was featured, but I, but even still, it's like, I'm like, I mean, like, what are they going to throw him a bone and just make him, at least, I mean, I don't know what a, a middle player is, but at least make him a middle player, at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Know. Uh, the Charles Barkley episode is the opener, and it's pretty strong. I was actually shocked that Charles Barkley's fucking funny. <laughs> He's one of the better athletes that I that I can recall doing. You know. Yeah, doing, I usually cringe when I find out an athlete's gonna host. Yeah, that's usually like oh, this is a pass. But like, uh, he was really good. I'm trying to think of whoever. I mean, Michael Jordan wasn't bad. He just wasn't like he just played Michael Jordan. <laughs> he wasn't pretty much a straight guy. Um, yeah, but Charles Barkley is pretty good. Um, so we get the debut of the Office Space cartoon from Mike Judge, which I remember seeing it the first time. Going, what the. Fuck am I seeing? It was Milton, I believe. Yeah, Milton. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna burn so British actually. I remember that for sure. The second episode has such a as Shin Doherty was really good in this one. I thought it was fucking hilarious. The one where um, Adam Sandler keeps trying to call her up. <laughs> He's oh, like crying it's, over it's her. With, with Shannon Doherty, the um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That 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 was so that, that's. 
that's actually another reason why I like that one. It's not even really because of her. It's because of like, he's like, he's like, well, will you go hang out with me? Well, then the show must go on. <laughs> uh, Slater returns again and, and kills it. Oh god, I remember the Charlton Heston episode. Fucking oh my god, so bad. He, I mean, he was at the point where he could only read off the cue cards, but he still he couldn't even see very well <laughs> because oh boy. I think they only had him on there because Phil Hartman does a really good impression of Charlton Heston. That's like you know. Yeah, well, he did a cameo in Wayne's World two, and I bet you he, uh, uh, Lauren Michaels is like, yeah, you know what, you're legendary. Why don't you fucking come on and see what it's like. Oh, speaking of which, I saw I saw Dana Carvey when he came back, I guess, for season twenty to, to host. They didn't do Wayne's World. I thought they could they did they did um they did Hans and Franz because Kevin Nealon was still a uh, was still a cast member. Okay. And so they did they did uh they did Hans and Franz on the update desk. He's like he's like, I'm here because we all here for an editorial. We're here to come get our set back, you know. But uh yeah, they didn't do Wayne's World, so I guess I don't know, maybe Mike Myers was uh Maybe jealous of Dana Carvey at that point. Maybe those two have such a weird relationship. I mean, Dana tries to be nice about it now, but you can tell it's still like, God damn it, it's such a headache. Yeah, I think Mike Myers does feel bad about you know his overinflated ego. Well, <laughs> and, and Mike, Mike, just like Johnny Depp, seems to be obsessed with not only um, Peter Sellers as a performer, but as a person. Because yes, they get wildly lost in these very eccentric, oddball roles. But also, they're incredibly difficult to deal with. Oh yeah, if they're, if, I mean, it's funny. He seems like such a friendly, you know, uh, you know, upbeat, likable guy. But you hear about you hear these horror stories of what a diva he is behind the scenes. You know, what what nightmares to work with. Um. So, uh, episode thirteen is Alec Baldwin, Kim Basinger with the Canteen Boy sketch, which is really disturbing now. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, and, and I feel like I mean it's not exactly related to Waterboy, but I'm pretty. I mean, can, Canteen Boy is definitely the genesis of Waterboy, the movie. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely some of the, some of, some of the some similar characteristics. Yeah, but he can only copyright the Waterboy. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, Martin Lawrence is in the next episode, and yeah, like that one's infamous because they had to cut so much out of it. And I think they said that he could never be on the show again because of it. Wasn't he one of, like the handful of banned cast members? Yeah, so he was he was the one that was banned. And I guess it's for that for that monologue he was. Um, but I, I didn't think that was bad. I mean, it was a risque kind of you know stand up routine. And that's another thing when uh, when Damon Wayans hosted you know after you know I thought he would touch upon the monologue. Hey, let's be back here after I got fired, but he didn't even mention it. I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of like, you know, that's, that'd be funny if you mentioned it. You know, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me back. I got fired, I guess, uh, you know what I mean? But he just did his uh, piece of a stand-up routine. You know, that's what Ben Stiller did. Ben Stiller brought it up. He's like, yeah, I remember when you let me go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. That's like, it's awkward, but it's funny. And, uh, you know, and like, it's, 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 it's kind of what you want to see. But then, with the, like, like, to not mention it, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like a missed opportunity. Uh, season seven, or episode 17, Kelsey Grammer finally gets to host. <laughs> Oh, it's embarrassing that he brought Frazier back. It's clearly that he needs money. 
Um, Emilio Estevez is, I think, the, the Pearl Jam Emilio Estevez episode is really good, except that it's marred by an opening sketch. Do you remember that kid that was like in Korea or Thailand or something like that who got in trouble for spray painting and they had to cane him? Yeah, the caning, the caning. Yeah, they were talking about that, yeah. Yeah, that sketch dies so badly. But then, like, the next one is the one where he's like the cool jock who comes onto the show where he has to decide whether or not the three people on the panel are Gurk. Uh, sorry, a geek, a nerd, or a dweeb. A dweeb, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it turned out he's the biggest nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, so this is a mass exodus at the end of the sh- of the season. We got uh, Neilan is uh, gone as an anchor. I don't think he actually leaves the show yet. Uh, Hartman is out. Hutzel is out. Schneider, Silverman, and Sweeney all gone. Okay, she was, uh, Marwina Banks was only in four episodes before she was let go. Okay, and she, but she was, that's the weirdest thing is she's a rep member immediately. Was she? Exactly. You gotta be so pissed if you're Jay Moore. I can't even imagine. Well, I mean, she was established in England. I think that's what it was, but God, four episodes. Yeah, so McKinney is uh, added halfway through the show. Mike Myers leaves. Um, I think yeah, space. Five episodes in January 21st, yeah, right, 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 I mean, very deadpan delivery in her stand up, but it's also in her sketch comedy, too. So it's very like, you know, she does it well, but it's just like, it's basically the same character in every sketch. You know, it's like the office lady with that same kind of, you know, monotone delivery, which is fine. It moves the sketch along, but I mean, you know. Yeah, and this is, God, this is one of the worst seasons. I mean, you're talking, it's a repeat of the 85, 86, and you think that Lauren would have known better because. He's now stacking it with people who are already known. And the problem is a lot of these guys didn't think that they were going to have to write sketches. They thought that since they were known, they are going to be written for them, which is, look, either he didn't have the conversation or they weren't smart enough to have the conversation with him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading a, I'm reading a clip right here. It says, much like the 1989, 81 season and the 85, 86 season, like you said, NBC worried over SNL's decline in quality and in the ratings. And initially decided that now would be the best time to pull the plug on the show once and for all. According to the primetime special, Sign Alive in the 90s Pop Culture Nation, Lord Michaels credits this as the season he's ever been closest to being fired. So in the end, the cast members' firings and crew turnover resulting from this season represented the, the biggest involvement into the show's uh, affairs by NBC's executives since the 81, 81, 1980-81 season and the biggest cast overall, like you said, since the 85-86 season. 
And look, I'm going through this right now, and all I do is cringe. Look, there's good actors in here. There's good musicians, and it just whatever. It doesn't work. I don't remember anything from the Steve Martin episode. Uh, the John Travolta is one of the fucking worst. I mean, that that gay Dracula one was so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, this happened. Um, I'm trying to think, but they had the Tra- Travolta episode. That was when he was promoting Pulp Fiction. Um, oh, he, he did say something pretty funny. He was like, "I don't know why." Oh, he's like, "I don't know why they they haven't had me on before. <laughs> this is my first time." I mean, I saw my I first came on the, scene, on, on the air in 1975. Same same time that SNL. This is the first time they have me on. I've already gone through. I've already gone through ten comebacks at this point. <laughs> like, why don't they have me on right now? I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, episode 7 with Roseanne you get the Chanaka song again another one that we mostly know from like the live recording that's on the CD right right has right. his CD come out yet uh, they're all gonna laugh at you I believe it comes out during this season oh really yeah that's, okay it's funny that, that album I was introduced to later I didn't even know he put out a comedy album that's like, like I'm talking like maybe a decade later and somebody like, you ever heard of this I'm like yeah the album's out I mean it was like, like <laughs> and then of course there's the one like yeah you're stroking your cock and balls you know or like, or like, or like, or like with the goat you know that one of the hilarious you know sketches but someday we're gonna have to do an episode about our favorite comedy albums just oh as, there's there's some, I mean, David Tell skanks for the memories. Yo, got, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to maybe divide it up over like an, an era, like you know, seventies, eighties, nineties, and then you know after that, because there was that there was a big dry gap. Remember, there was a while there were comedy albums were not selling, and hardly anything ever got released. Now you get like eighty a week. I would say late late nineties, early zeros were like the heyday of comedy for me, anyway. Yeah. The heyday of co- comedy albums. Some um, of my favorites came out then. So episode nine is another dead in the water that George Foreman, he's not funny, but uh, Bruce McCullough has officially joined the show as a writer and also appears in one of the short films. Um, he doesn't really show, he doesn't really want to be a performer, he just writes, but Mark is the one that stays you know, on the writing and starring path. Yeah, he's not bad, he, he, I, I saw a few sketches and he's like very... Um... Uh, like he, he he does that uh, uh, the Rel character from from Kids in the Hall, which is fine. I was watching up. Uh, I guess it was nineteen ninety four, and they were like doing like online chats, which I didn't realize it was like all, around. I didn't you know I didn't have a computer back then, so I didn't the internet. But they were doing they were discussing like POS LOL. And Gene was like, "What does that mean?" It's like, it means laughing out loud. I was like, "Is that the first time that's ever been introduced on TV?" Maybe. And he's like, "Oh, you, I'm RLFL." I was like, "What does that mean?" Like the rallies, I mean, you're rolling on the floor laughing. I was like, I, I, that's probably like 20 years before I even heard that term at that point. You know what I mean? I think that's crazy. Um, Deion Sanders, another dead in the water fucking sports. Oh, God. Yeah, you know what? I couldn't bring myself to watch that one. That was the one of the ones I had to like skip past. Like, oh, yeah. Mostly, like, yeah. Know. Then we, we start getting back into the good towards the end of the season. Goodman's back. The Tragically Hip, who I had never even heard. I mean, I heard of them, but I never listened to them. They're pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, it's a Canadian man with a cult following, you know, so they had a lot of commercial success in the States, but, like, you know, in Canada, they're like gods, you know. Um, Damon Wayans comes over, and he gets to bring some of his characters and David Allen Greer over to the show. Oh, right, that's, that, that, that's right. I did, I, no, I did see him, like, uh, featuring, like, the Damon Wayans episode where they are doing, like, uh, they were doing, uh, you know, he was uh, he was doing his men on his what Antoine character, I guess he does. Yeah, yeah. Men on film. He was doing that with like uh, Roger Ebert and uh, Chris Farley was Roger Ebert. It was pretty funny. And then uh, you know, uh, David Andrews counterpart to that character comes out. Like, what are you doing with him? Et cetera, et cetera. It was, uh, <laughs> it was music. 
And uh, the season ends, and you're, it's a mass purge. Uh, G.E. Smith is out. Uh, Dave Wilson, who's known as the like the regular director, he's out. Kevin Nealon, Farley, Sandler, Clegghorn, Moore, McKean, Elliot, Kiteliner, and Morwina Banks are all gone. Not Morwina Banks. Yo, oh, yo! Yeah. <laughs> she was carrying that show. <laughs> And it's funny is it must have hurt Lauren because knowing that his show was drying up, but also his movies had dried up because Coneheads didn't do as well as they thought it would. And then Wayne's World 2, it was a massive difference box office wise from the first one. And then you got yeah. It's Pat and Stuart saved his family. Good God. What a... What, yeah. I, I've never seen Stuart save his family, but I only remember, the only thing I remember this is from the, the, uh, the trailer, like a commercial on TV, the preview was like, Stuart... That's just thinking, thinking. And I don't know why, but I'm like, that's just thinking, thinking. That's always that's always been my head. I've never seen the movie. I've never seen Pat either. Yeah, and and you're talking. This is the end of an era. Uh, you know, it, it's it's they're have to a massive purge to start over fresh. And like we did an episode that kind of touched on some of this. What seven, eight years ago, where we talked about '95 was the year where everything was kind of like, oh, there's blood in the water. Let's take them down. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. besides Molly Shannon, I think was Molly Shannon the only one who, like, going into season 21, I, I, mean, I, I, mean, she, I mean, she became one of, like, the Star Wars for the rest of the 90s, but I'm trying to think who was, who, I mean, Tim Meadows for sure came back for a couple more seasons. But yeah, well, and Tim, Tim Lightfield Hartman was glue, and I think yeah. he's highly underrated. I think Tim Meadows is one of the best, but he's not a guy known for creating characters and being, like, this is the in-your-face era. It's going to get... Yeah. The next year is when things start getting more like the groundlings, uh, more character pieces, more digging into uh, dialogue and setups instead of just you know wild and crazy. And it, it was a struggle, I think, for the show, but I think it's for the best. So that is an era I can't wait to watch. But in the meantime, we're going to discuss the competition that was rising at this point, and... One of our favorites, you and I discuss it all the time, is MTV's The State. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah so... Was, uh, I, I never say anything. I, you know, it was, it was a breath of fresh air, I mean, especially after like all my favorite cast members left SNL. Yeah, well, and, and the thing about The State is that it felt like it was for us, by us. You know, it was... Right. It was a homegrown, you know, grab a camera, run through the streets, no budget, a bunch of kids right out of college. And they talked about like these little niche weirdo things that SNL wasn't because they were trying to go for the biggest audience. Yeah, exactly. Whereas SNL had all these things that were like, you know, we need, we need like, we need, we need to get everybody here. The state would take, you know, better risks because they had even more of a cutting edge audience. You could have, you could have some cutting edge material, you know, some stuff that would fly over the heads of your possibly your average SNL viewer. You know, maybe a, a younger, more savvy, hip, you know, kid. Back when MTV was something, you know. Yeah, can we watch and not just like repeats of Jersey Shore all, all day long? You know? Yeah, yeah, fuck. You know, you 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 have some really some some really cutting edge comedy, some cutting edge animation on, on MTV, and that yeah, State is probably God, definitely my top five favorite sketch, sketch comedy shows of all time. That's yeah. I, I I wish it was around longer, but you know, I mean, the the alumni from that show. I mean, oh yeah, well, and we're gonna discuss 
we're going to discuss the disaster of them going to a new network and the life after that with like Viva Variety and stuff like that. But that is our next episode. Thank you everybody for listening for it. Tony, thank you for going through. He did a lot of fucking homework for this. <laughs> yeah, sorry it took me so long. You know, I, the problem is I don't have access to much TV lately. I have a little more now than I had in the past, but you know, this has been a toxic turvy year for me. So sorry, sorry for the for, for the delay. 100% my fault. But what can you do? <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, it's, it's a free <laughs> hey, show. Go. Ahead. <laughs> Go, buddy, your bread or something. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, there is one sketch I want to discuss really quickly. It's so fucking stupid and absurd, and I swear, Farley and Sandler made it up on the spot. I get the feeling that they were just like, we got nothing, let's do this. And it's where Chris Farley is his dad, and he's begging them to give Sandler a job. Give my boy a job. He's a good oh. boy. Do it. Uh, hold on. The Hurley boy? Is that what you're talking yes. about? Well, yeah, Tim Hurley, that's, he's a writer, so I, I think that the Hurley Boy is based off, I don't know if Tim Hurley, he, Hurley came up with that, but the Hurley Boy, Tim Hurley was a writer on, on the cast at that point, but, like, but it was like, he was like, eh, let me wash your grandma, please let me wash your grandmother, she's, she, she, she's dirty, she needs to be washed, she's like, for the love of God, let the boy wash your grandmother, <laughs> so ridiculous, so dumb, but... <laughs> They had a few of those. It wasn't just wasn't just a one-off. It was just hilarious. Yeah, it's. I was gonna end the episode, and I just kind of flipped. I, I tripped over, but I was gonna. For the love of God, listen to the future episodes. <laughs> Let the boy marry your grandmother. For the love of God. <laughs> All right, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>